here's the prayer for today. Oh God, I need help. Or maybe, oh God, I really need help. And that may be true for you in lots of ways, but there's one in particular uh, concern that Jesus has, especially for people of faith, especially for people who are trying to pursue growth and life with God. And the good news is that that growth is possible, um, that what is insurmountable in your life, in our world, are not our problems, not our sins, but the presence of the kingdom of God. I just heard from a friend this week who said he, he only uh, recently realized that that title, insurmountable, is kind of a play on the Sermon on the Mount. So I should have explained that clearer much earlier on, but that idea, the Sermon on the Mount's greatest talks ever been given. Most impactful in all of human history from the greatest teacher uh, ever. And the good news is that the kingdom of God is real and it's available and it can be helpful to you. And we're looking now at a deep, deep concern for Jesus. Uh, and it's particularly a concern for anybody who really does pursue God's spiritual life, spiritual growth. And it is the problem of hypocrisy. So I have this little mask you might have seen. If not, you can go back and look or listen to the uh, previous video about how that word hypocrite uh, was given most of its moral weight by Jesus. He talked about hypocrites 17 times in the New Testament. And it's taken from a word that they would use in the ancient Greek world for actors who would carry a mask with them. And to live without a mask is such a relief. But uh, it, because it's so tempting for me to think I am who you think I am and I want you to think well of me and therefore I put on a mask. And this is why very often when people get caught in something, if there's a scandal where they've been living a double life, a secret life, a hidden life, uh, often after the initial pain, they will actually experience a great sense of relief because we were not meant, the soul was not meant to carry a mask. Um, but it's an inevitable problem that we have. Hypocrisy, see, we're not made neutral. Hypocrisy is the default mode in human life, especially if we are trying to grow spiritually. Because uh, it's just so tempting to think, I am who you think that I am. So Jesus says when he's talking about um, finances, and then he'll talk about the same thing in prayer, the same thing in fasting. When you give, don't be like the hypocrites because they love to blow trumpets in synagogues and on street corners. Uh, I tell you the truth, if that's what you do, then you, you have your reward in full. You have been paid in full. But instead, when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be done in secret. Now, the idea of hypocrisy is not simply that uh, there's inconsistency between what I say and what I do. The real problem is um, that I add to that deception. I clean the outside of the cup. I whitewash the tomb. So it's not that I talk about doing good things, but do bad things. I may do good things, but I do them for a bad reason. Jesus in Matthew 23 says this. This is a passage where he uses this word hypocrite over and over and over again. Again, this is about financial life. Woe to you, teachers of the laws and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin. Now, that's not a bad thing. They're doing a good thing, but they're doing it for the wrong reason. And here's part of how that uh, betrays itself. But you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, 
and faithfulness. You don't have a heart that is actually generous, that actually wants to do a good thing, and and that's the nature of hypocrisy. But the real problem with it is I end up uh, trying to deceive other people about who it is that I really am. In Mark 7, he's talking about exactly the same thing, uses the same phrase, hypocrisy, and he says to religious leaders, Moses said that we're supposed to care for our father and our mother, we're supposed to honor them, but you have this way of setting that aside. You take money and you call it korban, which meant dedicated to God. It's kind of like putting it in a special drawer, a special box, and then they no longer had to use it to care for their parents, but they would still have it available for them. And they would look like they were being devout. It would have actually been so much better for them if they just could have said, I'm selfish. I just want to keep this money. Um, But they added to greed, deception. And Jesus said, now you do many things like this. And here's where we get to part of the subtle danger of hypocrisy. And this is where it's so good to be in the fellowship of the withered hand and just say, I'm a mess. God, and this is step one. We acknowledge, we realize that our lives were powerless over money, maybe, greed, status, other people's opinions. And our lives had become unmanageable. Uh, fascinating research on this topic of hypocrisy. One of the kind of brilliant experiments that's been done lots of times now is to put people in a setting where they're working with another person who's kind of a confederate in on the deal. And if I'm the subject, I have to assign one problem to the other person and one problem to myself. One of them is a real difficult, tedious problem nobody would want to do, and the other one's much easier. So naturally, I would want to give myself the easy one, but then I might look like I'm not a good person if I give it to the other person. So I got to decide, do I want to be moral? Do I want to look moral? Now, one option is I can flip a coin to decide which person gets the more difficult task. And I can cheat. I can say that the coin came up heads, even if it came up the other way. And it turns out that most people cheat. In about 80 or 90% of the time, they will claim that the coin came up in a way where I'm able to do the task that I want to do, and you got to do the task that you have to do. Here's what's interesting. When people are prompted to think thoughts of moral superiority, I really am quite a moral person. I really am quite a lot better than other people they are actually more likely to cheat in private on the coin flip. And this, is, this has to do with the way that we view ourselves and the way that our eyes get distorted. Almost all areas of life, there's kind of a bell curve. There'll be people who run really fast, people who are stronger than the average folks, IQ, Lots of different ways. And people may be quite aware of that. They may be able to be pretty realistic. We do have to fight the self-serving bias, but it's possible. However, however, uh, the idea that I'm morally superior to anyone is always toxic, misguiding, and misleading. Always. It always leads people uh, to be um, less alive to the kingdom of God. It always causes people to take steps that will be less godlike and less moral. Uh, and part of that is because I can never compare myself accurately with any other person because I don't know what their genetic endowment was. I don't, some people are predisposed to be extremely anxious or extremely angry. I don't know what environment they grew up in. I don't know what their parents were like. I don't know. There's no way I can ever assess 
my moral praiseworthiness compared to another person. But we all try to do it. And when we do it, it sets us up for increased hypocrisy. So today the prayer is, oh God, help me. When it comes to my finances, three questions. Because really good with finances to get out of fuzzy. Reality is always our friend when it comes to deliverance from hypocrisy and giving in secrecy. Uh, three questions. One, how much did you give last year? Really good to get out of fuzzy. And if you don't know, take a look at your bank statements and figure it out. Number two, what's your goal for this year? And it might be a percentage, might be a dollar amount. Um, what would that be? And then number three, can you have an honest conversation with one other person about your financial life, where they see you and, and where you can be financially accountable? Because if we ask for God's help, and I seek to practice giving on a regular basis in a systematic way and do it with accountability, but then not trying to impress other people, not going um, public in ways that are designed to get people to applaud, but with appropriate accountability, change can happen. There's a wonderful book that was written, I don't know, 100, 150 years ago by Max Beerbohm called The Happy Hypocrite. And it's a story about a man who, whose life was a train wreck. He was a mess and needed help. Um, he was corrupt, deceitful, gambler, treated women dishonorably. And then one day he saw and fell in love with a woman who was a truly good woman, who had a wonderful character. Only uh, she had made a vow she would only marry a man who had the face of a saint, character of a saint. And so in this kind of a fairy tale, he finds a shop and the shop keeper has these very lifelike plastic masks. And so he gets one that is the face of a saint and he wears it and this woman marries him and he begins to change. And he gives generously to folks in secret and he speaks the truth even when it's difficult. And when he's with people who don't look very important, he treats them as people who are very honorable and he serves and then one day, years into this marriage, an old lover of his finds him and decides to unmask him and humiliate him before his wife. And so that moment comes and the mask is taken off and underneath the mask, his face now looks just like the mask did. It's the face of a saint. He has grown into his face. He has over time, bit by bit, choice by choice, moment by moment, day by day, become the person from the inside that he desired to be. And that's the promise of life in the kingdom of God. There's a wonderful passage in uh, 2 Corinthians 3 where Paul talks about how Moses used to put a veil over his face. There was radiance and it was kind of fading away. And he says, but we all with unveiled faces, no mask, will reflect the glory of God. And I can move in that direction a little bit today. Oh God, oh God, I need your help. Help me to be a generous person. Help me to do it in secret to be free from the need of other people's approval. Make it a golden rule day. You've been listening to Become New with John Orpert, where you can receive 10 minutes of daily teaching about the person you're becoming. 
If you like what you're hearing, you can head on over to our website, becomenew.com, where John has over 710 minute teachings on the person you're becoming, cataloged in 20 different series covering a range of topics you might be interested in. If you'd like to receive the emails that go along with each episode that include extra resources and discussion questions, you can let us know at becomenew.com slash subscribe. Lastly, if you have a prayer request, there's a team of us who meet each weekday to pray for listeners just like yourself. You can send your specific request to us at the number 855-888-0444. I'm glad you're here, and we'll catch you next time.